You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back. I got Obi in the house. How you doing, man? What up, everyone? And introducing Kimberly K. Scott. Hey, hey. Thank you for hey, being Emily here. in the house. So international speaker, mindset, coach. And first of all, I mean, you were, you were on fire last week in the comments. Oh, thanks. <laughs> And yeah, like, I was like, gotta I have like you a one-man team for a while. I was like, I'm just going to keep talking. They're talking back. This is great. I was like, this is awesome. You guys no, have was, a lot of good That was dope. Thank yeah. you so much for tuning in last time. And, yeah, that's and- how it works. Like, whenever we see people in the comments, like, contributing and, like, conversating, we're more than happy to invite them in. And, like, whenever people have, like, good comments, man, my light just went out. But oh, hi, <laughs> that's something good to say, then it's, it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You definitely have Can a lot to say. People when they say hi, I, I just totally broke the rules, maybe, but no, nah, I know rules. So this is a show we, we do it every week, uh, and we just shoot the shit, you know, see what's happening in life, what's happening in the world. Uh, no, we don't have an agenda. I'm sure we'll be got some some things he wants to get off his chest, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. if you want to, you know, join in the comments, we'll be reading questions, comments, whatever you, you want me to say. go. Want me to go first? Huh? You want to go first? No. Oh, no. I thought you were. I, I no, didn't no, know you no, were talking fine. about that's the comments fine. yet. No, that's fine. That's fine. We got people tuning in. Thanks so much, so much for tuning in. And yeah, so what do you got, Obi? On your oh, list. The of- first thing, the first thing I want to talk about is this uh, St. Louis couple, Mark, and, Mark McCluskey and Patricia McCluskey. You mean uh, that? That. When there's a group of protesters that were marching to go to the mayor's house in St. Louis, this couple comes out of their mansion with um, guns and starts pointing it at the protesters because, quote unquote, they were afraid that the mob was going to come and attack their house when the mob was not there for them in the first place. So I just want to kind of get your take on, (laughs) did you see this story when it was happening or afterwards, like, what do you... What do you think? Were, do you think they were justified in bringing these gun guns out and kind of doing some kind of stance to try to protect their home, or, or no? Not this is like completely box. aggressive. No, no, Kim, go ahead, and I'll I'll respond next. Okay, so uh, no, they were. I don't think they were justified at all. But here's here's where I'm coming from on it. So, I grew up in the South, like deep South Mississippi. I'm almost forty, so like in the '80s, like mm-hmm. KKK, Black Panther collisions in like the square of the town I went I lived in right so I grew up in like this very segregated life in general like homes I lived in uh family members that I visited KKK paintings and lynching photos so I have this idea that it's never left the south racism and all those issues and this entitlement and this this systematic like brainwashing that we're not safe from people of color or black people. So when I saw it, what I thought was, here's an, another group of women or a group of people that probably had a little too many Bud Lights or maybe some Chardonnay. And we're like, you know what? We're gonna show them, like they're not gonna get our house. First of all, nobody wanted your house. Secondly, 
it was like, we're going to show them, like, I got my AK-47 or whatever he was holding. Like, it looked, I mean, to honestly, he could have had a, a Nerf gun the way he was splashing it around. Cause he yeah, didn't it look looked like, like that. It looked like that was his very first time grabbing his yeah. gun that he like, just purchased. It was like, you, I mean, seriously, it was like he got it for his birthday. And he was like, yes, I'm 14 and happy. So there was that, that was the perspective I saw. But you know what really stuck out to me? Because nobody was going to come and vandalize their home. I mean, it, to be quite honest. Uh, I, I, yeah, because I'll even make the it, argument when the moment that you do come bring your gun out to a big mob, the mob, like the, the, there's a group of people, they're walking by your house. And nobody even knows who lives there at that moment. No. But the moment that you kind of make a spectacle and you show, hey, look at me. I have I have guns. I don't want you around me. Now you now you you've turned something that nobody would have even known you were there in the first place and now people now you've made us like now you've now made people yourself know you. uh, now but people know who's there and now they feel threatened and on the fence and yeah, nervous and, and scared you point a gun at my child because people are pe peacefully protesting my kids went to a peaceful protest here you walk out we're at walmart say walmart target whatever you point an ak-47 at my child and you look like you, that woman had beams coming out her eyes. Like, yeah. I mean, she was like five glasses of wine in. She had something in her head that was not that right. mustard on her shirt. She yeah, mustard on her yeah. shirt. So like tacky. for, here, I'm like, gonna, I wanna So if you point a gun at my this. child, I'm gonna already be on the defensive if I'm walking on a street that's public property and you're pointing an AK-47. If it was happening, in a public school, we wouldn't be okay with it. If it was happening at a Target, we wouldn't be okay with them doing that. We'd be mm -hmm. like, what are these crazy people holding these crazy guns for pointing them at people? But they were like, I mean, there was a one thing and I'll, I'll stop, but one thing that caught me was the, the look of entitlement, the like, uh-huh, in her eye when she went, mm-hmm, oh yeah. Like someone had said, I'm, uh, how dare you or something. No one said anything to her. It was like she was having an internal dialogue within yeah. her own head and was like, mm-hmm. Try to come over here. Dude, and, it was and then, like, like y'all, because y'all both watched, like, the raw footage of, yeah. of that that incident. She's, yeah. when she come, one, the guy was out there first. He was out before, like, even, like, the first couple of people walked through the gate. The gate was open. Like, I saw, and, like, I got into some debates with people, like, and some people that kind of defend them will say, no, the, the, the mob, like, broke down the gate. They didn't break down the gate. The gate no. was wide open. So, and when they started, when they started going into the neighborhood, the guy was already on his balcony, like on his uh, patio area. And he's yelling at them. Like, it's like you, and so, but he tells the media, no, they broke down my gate. And, and that's why I had to come out and defend my, myself. No, you, you were yelling at them before they even got in. And then the, and then the they lady, the ladies, that lady starts walking through her yard with the finger on the trigger, pointing it at people like like just a couple yards away and walking back and forth between the husband and back into her yard what I, like one don't keep your finger on the on the damn trigger it's, yes it's so that's one. but if you were a black but, dude walking around like that to me yes, reverse oh it, it would have been horrible but here, here's the thing though what I, what i still don't grasp is the fact that okay there's a protest going in front of your mansion i mean that house is like a three three million dollar mansion right and they seem to be, I mean, they seem to, I mean, it seemed to be doing well, right? And at no point did they think, yo, if I have this reaction to this crowd right here, it's going to come back and bite me in the ass. As far as my law office, my reputation as a lawyer, 
you know, people going to blast me. I'm going to be on social media. I'm going to be in the news. People are going to make memes about me and my wife. Like none of that I'm crossed heard. their mind in this day and age. Yeah. That this is when, not when, the right. Like, Cause they right. Everybody, everybody knows this is like, everyone's being recorded. No matter what you do, everyone's being recorded. Now they could, like, right. After they that, come now out. You're, you're an internet legend. Now you're, there's so many memes. And they thought their little liquid courage and we're like, I mean, I can't assume, but that's why I wanted to bring it back to that. It's never really left the racism in these types of like, everybody thinks that it's like some redneck from the South all the time. that's carrying a, a Confederate flag. Right. But I've mm -hmm. lived it so much in all areas of the country, but especially the South, it, this has never really changed this entitlement and this, like, I, I'm going to show you. I mean, it's really like a them or us type of a scenario. And they really made it about like a war in that way. I was like, well, okay. Like if, I mean, any, anyone black had done that, like say we're at, a, it was a gay parade because my daughter is a part of the community and two black, a black couple comes out and they're like, we don't know if you'll vandalize our, you know, come in and paint our house rainbow. We don't know. So they come out with their guns mm -hmm. at a gay parade. It's going to be looked at completely different. And that's what I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like we need to argue the semantics yeah. of it. It's just going to be taken completely differently no matter what. Well, their website is down. Yeah. Their website is down as their, the Yelp reviews, I think are hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> one star. Have you, have y'all heard their, uh, their, um, <laughs> their rebuttal to everything now, now that they've, they've seen all the memes and stuff. So they, I saw uh, the guy did a, 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 a zoom interview. Uh -huh. He said, he, he's claiming now that him and his wife are actually black lives <laughs> matter supporters, <laughs> but they, but yes, they think nah. they said that what they did was it went from, they thought, Oh, someone was breaking the gate. So now they're saying they saw two white guys, um start vandalizing a, like part of the fence so that's who they were yelling at they were yelling at the two white guys i didn't see any two random white guys just destroying things in that video There's and, other but, and then they want to and now they're gonna come but but it's like yeah. if you're saying if now you want to backpedal because you see all this backlash and that you're a black lives matter supporter and and things like it's just it, it doesn't it's you're, it's like revisionist history. It doesn't make sense. Like, because if you would have saw the the whole crowd marching up, the you all you have to do is ask one person, "Hey, what are y'all protesting? What what's the what's oh, the no way they don't know? We're dude. we're gonna we're go. Yours. We're we're heading to your mayor's house. Hey, I'll, I'll if I, I agree with, I'm gonna join y'all and ask for the resignation with you. But that's not what they yeah. did. No, and their <laughs> they attorney decided to Keep go and take this job. aggressive stance with the crowd. No, their attorney. And show their guns. job is to the truth. They were taught to talk out of something. So, I mean, I have a lot of attorney friends and nothing against them, but like there's some really smart people when it comes to spinning things around. So, I mean, what are you gonna do? You are, you're gonna say, I was a part of that and I was just pointing at the white people. No, your gun was going like at a, like a 180 angle at any time. Yeah. You almost shot your wife. I mean, you honestly. You were pointing at everyone. Yeah, watch this, look at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> look. Like, Look how crazy what, she like, looks. Isn't it, what, what, what's the phrase? Like, why are black people so angry? Well, what is that? Like, that <laughs> yeah. is of anger. Look, this is Yelp, by the way. This is Yelp. And in this Karen. is so great. Like, she, I mean, this is the mm-hmm face I was telling you about. Like, mm-hmm, come at me. He looks like, like the rainbow poster. And you're not watching where you're pointing. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like... It's just, I think they, they, cause I don't think they thought they would become oh my, like, like right internet here, memes. Like, what if you would have shot her? Oh, yeah, you're putting no, your that, own gun at your, at your, that's Photoshop. Just, okay. That's Photoshop, oh, okay. but still, there, there was, <laughs> at one point he had his, his, uh, 
his rifle. I did see Twitter like the night it happened, and I saw the one. Oh, geez. I mean, <laughs> I can't. I mean, honestly, I can't imagine. I mean, there might, there might be some badass attorneys because those faces are. Do you intense. know what kind of what kind of law they practice? Is it like personal? They, they do injury law. Personal injury. Yeah, personal injury law. Uh, so they're ambulance chasers, basically. That's good to know. Well, yeah, they're done. But yeah, that's a, and let this kind of like, I feel like, I hope this is like a learning lesson to be like, <laughs> um, going after like Black Lives Matter protesters is really bad for business. And that's what they're really like, I think they're going to realize right now because they're, they're really trying to like reverse their whole narrative now. It went from, oh, they, they broke a gay and we, and we were thought they were going to take a, and I, and I, but all the people are coming to their defense saying that they support the, <clears throat> the right to bear arms amendment and all this stuff. Like I, I get that stance and I, or I agree with it. Hey, I, I have weapons too. I have guns, but that mm. I wouldn't ever approach a situation like that. That makes your whole, the whole situation way worse. If you go and brandish your gun There's in front no of a big mob it. like so that. What do you guys say? It, it looks like Ernest and so my friends, Ernest and Laura are on, and one saying that they were on private property, and Laura saying that the gated communities are not proper private property. The protesters were on the sidewalk, not their property, which is what I know from being yeah. in a gated community. The sidewalk is actually public still. So yes. I, I don't know Regardless, if they should have just come out. Like nobody in those protests are armed anyway. There's kids. Right. There's kids walking as well. They could have just come out and say, "Hey." you know, uh, maybe don't come to our home or, hey, what's happening? There's a way to approach these things. Yeah. And this, this was the worst way yeah, to do because it. People, because people are saying like, every, everyone has the right to defend their house. But if, yeah, if your house is being like attacked, your house, they, they weren't under attack. Under right. Attack. They were like, you, you've now become like the aggressor in a situation. You've, you, you're now attacking a crowd of people with guns. Like and nobody, people, if, if I, I would, because I, I would be, I would agree. Like if there, if I would have saw any part of that video where a protester ran up into their, their, their porch or was mm -hmm. trying to get access into their house, that those, that couple has all like the, the right of way. They can do whatever they want at that point, but yep. right. that did not happen. And you can't, you can't rewrite history. We have multiple videos, multiple angles, like high res folk. Like we, we see what, what happened. <laughs> There was, but, but they were marching to somewhere else. Rewriting history, Obi, that that's the that's the problem. Like white yeah. people as a society, we've been really good at gaslighting black culture by mm -hmm. saying when something happens, we go, it's because you did it. You know, gaslight. You know what gaslighting is. It, most people know uh, what gaslighting is. So we've said it's because you resisted arrest. It's because you broke the law. It's because you were walking. It was because you were jogging. It was because because because. So white people are very good at rewriting the history of something, which is. So an innocent man was killed today when two people shot him jogging. It was a guy who had been known to break into something. We're very yeah. good. Why, oh, yeah. why it's like, but you, did, you didn't know that at the time when you acted. Like they, they like to go and bring in all these other facts. Every time. Like, oh, this guy had a criminal history. Like that, you didn't know that. That doesn't explain your action for what you just did in that moment. Yeah, like, that's been a huge part of like my, when I tried to, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. Like, I don't know everything about the black, like black history myself. But mm -hmm. for years, this is something that I've tried because I have two white children that I need to do my part on, right? So, I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm trying to do as much as I can. And I'm thinking about how much is adjusted. And it looks like every single time a black man is killed by police, 
if a, if a white person's killed, it's a different story. They were great. They were so much a part of the community. They could have three DUIs. They could have molested a child. They could have done anything, sexual assault. They're still a good person, right? But um, I watched a documentary the other day. The guy was a pedophile. And at the end of the documentary, he was honored when he died in the most great way. But if a black person does something, it's immediately we have to find the dirt to discredit them as a good person. So with George Floyd, it was he was on drugs or he was on fentanyl or whatever, not saying what he did in his community or mm -hmm. or, um, or uh, Philando Castile. Uh, how do you say Castile? Yeah, Castile. Uh, Philando Castile. Yeah. yeah, like it, it, it was the same thing. He was so well known in his community, but they had to try to find something which is not there. But, but every time, that's what I'm saying, white people have a really good way, white culture, of rewriting what is actually there and gaslighting black culture. And even, I have some black friends that have been like, I had, I've taught my kids, well, don't resist arrest years ago, right? And now they're going, well, I mean, no one's resisting arrest. They were just jogging or they were just sitting in a car. So what do I tell them now? So I do, I yeah. do think there's a bigger thing. And I was even telling a, a friend the other day about Black Wall Street because she had no idea. So history is rewritten. And she's like, what do you mean Black Wall Street? I don't even know what that means. And I had to tell that story. And she was like, where is that? Like, she didn't yeah, believe they don't teach that. They don't teach that in school. Like, no, I was like, Black Wall Street was doing amazing. Didn't need white help. Didn't need welcare because she was making this Hold welfare on, for those, argument. For those who don't know, and I'll be honest, including me, what is Black Wall Street? So Black Wall Street, I won't get the dates right. So it was a long time ago. So I'm going to be basic as hell. I'm just because I don't want to mess the dates up and, and someone call uh -huh. me out on the semantics. But it was black right when when civil rights and everything before the civil rights movement like really hit, black people were able to buy a bunch of land and mm -hmm. they were building their own communities. They were building their own businesses and they were kicking ass. They were they were self-sufficient. Everything was going really, really great. And white people were like, we don't really like that. That's not working for us because we can't control that. We don't like that. And it's not that they didn't like it because they were losing money to them. It's mm -hmm. just a racist thing. It's like, you can't be above us. You can't look like you are, went from slaves to these amazing yeah. people, right? Yeah, so what like happened this, this is, is like, this is like the first city to successfully kind of do it like the black, black community to kind of do it themselves yeah. where they, all, the whole street, their own black hotels, black what businesses. City was it? Tulsa. This Tulsa? is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. What happens is a white lady decide, a white girl decides, I, it's, there's, the, the facts are a little different on if they think that someone set it up or if she really just said it because whatever. But she says that she was sexually assaulted. Before mm -hmm. 24 hours, like before 24 hours is even up, the guy is guilty immediately. This black, this black guy is guilty, right? And so a white mob is like, we're going to go kill him. So in the course of that, we're going to go, kill this dude because he sexually assaulted this person. Um, he, the, there was his community, black guys in his community were like, we're not gonna let him go down. We're not gonna, I mean, we're gonna protect him. So in, in the case of that happening, white men were killed because they were fighting each other. Like they were protecting. So this, the white mob comes for this individual. And in the process of that, white men get killed. I mean, and then that's, that's on them, right? Well, what happens is because white men got killed, and in and, and the white culture unjustly, mm -hmm. they burned the entire city, any uh, entire black Wall Street down. Buildings were bombed. They dropped bombs on like areas of this whole entire square, this entire thing. They, they took, I mean, people couldn't even get their businesses back. They got no- massacre. Because some white girl lied? Yes, because a white girl lied and men were killed. So it's weird to me when, okay, so for the protester argument, this mm -hmm. is why I had to tell her this. I was like, 
do you understand Black Wall Street was this exact same thing, but flipped? That she says, well, they're out there ruining property and they're burning things down. Okay, well, history teaches us that it's okay that when white people were killed in an incident that happened because of racial tensions, mm -hmm. they burned the entire thing down and nobody could, nobody could get their businesses back. And that, that started to lead to the, the, the kind of the digression in Tulsa at that point to what we see now. Mm -hmm. Like the culture just sort of died because it was like, if we try to build anything, they will burn it, they will burn it down. So it's, that's something I think is important, you know, that we, we don't know these little gems. White history, white people have been so good at rewriting history that even you didn't know about that, right, Bach? Yeah. Uh, and, that's, so and that's why, like, when Trump wanted to do his first rally back at Tulsa, it was so infuriating. Like, you're going to pick the one place in America where it was a massacre, and you're going to do it on the holiday that's I Juneteenth. I thought it was about the Juneteenth thing. More than yeah. that, that, that yeah, because that, that white people don't know about either. That's crazy. Yeah, that, and that's a, it was like two different things. He just piled on, on the same thing to kind of like, like you think subconsciously you just <laughs> like stick it to to black people. Like I hey, I'm gonna celebrate level, it also um, on your. It's just it's weird. like the it's like the the, white, the people that had the guns. There's this level. I mean, I've lived in different levels of status in society. Like I don't like we live in a one bedroom apartment right now, and people will go with your kids. You know, and in the area we live in, they're like a one bedroom apartment and we have a studio, our bedrooms in the living room. And then the kids share a room. I've mm -hmm. lived in trailer parks most of my life. Anybody that's, um, I saw my family member come on. So like I lived in trailer parks my whole life. So small spaces are comfortable to me. Um, but I have a cultural, diff you know, diversity. My high school was mostly black. And then I married someone that had money. So I lived in status. And then I, and then I've kind of made my own money and lost it and made it and lost it over the years. So I've been in all those levels and the, I've seen and people go, it's just those redneck, trashy, white trash people that are racist. I have seen the most intense, like crazy. No, you will not overdo me. You will not be a successful black man in front of me. You will not black girl magic. Hashtag black girl magic is not going to be in my female group. Like it's, it's in the highest levels of elitism. That is like, how dare you? Um, and I know, I know of a story too in the South where like I had um, been, I grew up on a chicken farm, uh, like a reservation. Um, and uh, I, there was a, a black man that, a black family that came into the, um, the area and bought a farm off of a white guy that could, a white man that family could, who couldn't do it anymore. I think it, he died and they sold it off. So the white man, the black man brings his family, they come in and they're doing really, really well. Um, and so it was really strange because it got burned down. Like the whole farm and everything that, that like the farm and the harvest got burned to the ground. Like it was mm -hmm. a wheat field and everything was supposed to be harvested and it got burned down. And for years, nobody knew who it was. And then later on, when I got older, I actually found out it was somebody that we knew's family. And he, he, it was his dad that burned it down, even though he was friends with the guy. And he said, why did you burn it down? Like he, he was like us. He was just trying to like live and they, he was, poverty level like us. And he said, I couldn't have a N word being more successful than me. Have you had so, to cut up, have you had to uh, cut people off like from your, your Facebook friends or family members that you're like, you know what? I can't fuck with you anymore because oh, of what you well, do. I mean, look, well, I have Tupac hanging on my wall. I am not the favorite to a lot of people in my family or my life. <laughs> like, and people ask me, I got it. So I grew up in the nineties. And I'm 
I'm, I was a hip hop dancer and I told you, I mean, I went to a predominantly black high school. So I just, it was a whole different world for me. I moved to Arkansas for that. When I was in Mississippi, I was, I was really surrounded by black, uh, sorry, um, racism. And my first instance with racism was I was in kindergarten and I had, I could read, I was advanced for that age and I could read and I was looking at a globe. My best friend was black. And this is why I know that like kids are not born racist. Like this, mm. this gets to them. I'm looking at the globe and it says Niger. And so, you know, phonics, I look at it and I'm, I think the other word, I think N word, right? So mm. I go to my little black friend, I go, this must be where you guys are from. I, very innocently, right? There's no way I thought this was a bad word. And mm. she, she's like, what, what do you mean? And I said the word, because you're a, and you, so you have to be from, this place that looks like yeah. that word and she goes oh and then she just starts bawling and i had a black teacher at the time so she wasn't having it she was like i'm not about this so she sends me to the principal and what sticks out to in that memory for me is that i go to the principal and i'm in mississippi it was greenwood mississippi i'll never forget it and i go and he says i tell, tell him what happened and teachers there whatever and then she leaves and he says okay we're gonna sit here for a little bit and then when you leave, just act like I, I gave you a paddling or something, but don't worry about this. They all, they're too sensitive. And I was like, and the reason people go, you were too young, you can't remember that, you're making it up for just stories or whatever. No, mm. the reason I could remember is because he committed suicide over the weekend. So there was a trauma mm. attached to it for me. And so it wasn't about me, it was about his, his wife was cheating on him. But because of that trauma, I can remember what happened that day. So I remember yeah. him distinctly like, they're too sensitive. So that was my first racial experience of me being a racist. You would think that my last racist experience would be that, right? Or maybe in teens or maybe in 20s. My, my most recent racist experience of me being a racist was about three months ago. And I'm not proud of this, but it's important to tell it. Sure, go I ahead. was sitting here and, I was, and, I'll, and I'll stop taking over the, the, the talk, but I was sitting watching TV. And I don't watch TV often, so I don't see ads a lot. And mm -hmm. there was, um, uh, I might get a little emotional because I'm still kind of sh ashamed of this, but I'll try to hold it in. So I'm watching um, TV and a mattress commercial comes up and it's a, a, a Hispanic owner. And he's like, come on down. You know, we're having 50% off sale. Uh, we would love to have you. He's going to have cowboy hat, you know, dress really like a cowboy. And, um, and I look at the name and it says USA Mattress. And I'm in marketing um, before becoming a coach. I was in marketing. So I, I think in marketing ways. And I was like, that was my brain went into racist mode because it, it just, it has to be trained for the rest of my life. I'll have to be trained out of it. Right. So mm -hmm. I said, why would he be, why would a Mexican guy, that's what I said first. My brain says this. Why would a Mexican guy be naming his company USA mattress unless he's just trying to like fit in? He is American and he may not even be from Mexico. I immediately, my brain said that like, holy shit, you were just racist. And I remember calling my friend who's Hispanic and I told her about it and I was like, you know, upset about it. And I was like, you know, how am I going to like teach my kids if I can't even like deal with it myself? And I'll, I just remember her telling me, Kim, like you are racist. It's okay. Like be okay with being racist. And, and then you'll be able to move past it. You can forgive yourself and retrain yourself. As long as you're okay with saying, I know what I am. Like I have Lyme disease. I'm, I know I have it. So I can say I have Lyme disease and I can seek treatment for that. 
Racism mm -hmm. is the same. If we can't admit it when it's happening and we can't admit that we're doing it, we can't fix it within ourselves. So I, I just, I won't take over the rest of it, but I thought those two- Yeah, like I-, I Okay, go, go, go. That's an interesting, story, but I, I wouldn't call- I honestly I wouldn't call wouldn't, that racism, honestly. I wouldn't call that- I think it would be like ignorance. I would call it more ignorance. The racism came because of what I grew up with about Mexicans. But are, are you coming from a, a, hey, this is an inferior, like- Because um, I don't think that, I don't like- your Race. Thoughts. Like okay. if you come in from a position of, 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 of power where you go on, how dare this guy do this and be, you know, name this thing, USA mattress. But that's what my brain did think. That's what I'm saying. My okay. brain was like, how dare he do that? Well, I mean, the fact that one, you acknowledged it and yeah. two, you talked about it. Yeah. That, that's great. But, but here, here's the misconception that I've seen people wear shirts that, that said end racism. It's not going anywhere. We no. all, we all have, you know, you know, prejudice is out there. Stereotypes are out there. I mean, I, I'll tell you straight up: if one is a mass shooter, we all go, "Oh, another white guy did it." You know, is that racist? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, that, but I, that's, I think that's we, the every, first thought that comes to mind. And I think everybody has those like thoughts, but it's like it's it's what you do after the fact of having that those thoughts. Like once you, if you take that, yeah. those like negative thoughts start going in and you behave differently based off of it. Like, oh, like, uh, <clears throat> like, like that, like, oh, a mass shooter, it, like it's, it's a white guy. And then like you go out in the world and you start running away from every single white kid and you, and you just start accusing them like, you fucking sure you, fu now you're a racist. Like at yes. that point, you, you've now okay. become racist because so you, you, you took the thought and you started acting on that. Exactly. So that's good to know because it's good for us to understand like wh where the lines are. Because I get, I yeah. even still get so confused. And I think a lot of white people do at times where they're scared to ask questions or they're scared to put something out because they don't know what's the right thing. And I've just learned I would rather be wrong and called out on it than mm -hmm. to not be to know and to not be a part of the conversation. So here's, that makes it, more sense. It, it, I appreciate here's that. Thing, it, it, here's the thing that 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 helps is that we, we, we tend to judge a group, an entire group of folks based on an experience from one person. So just like we used to, oh, there's, there's this one white guy that, you know, shut up at school, then, oh, all white guys are like that. Or there's one black guy who, uh, you know, uh, who committed a crime, so all black guys are like that. And, and, and so you gotta be careful about lumping everybody together um, like I, I have a friend, I have a friend, for example, that like she was, um, she was abduct, abducted by Mexican people when she was a kid. Mm. So for years, she was just like, no, you know what? His, Mexicans, not for me. I'm gonna stay away yeah. from them. I'm gonna cross the street. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna look at them funny and all that stuff. And it took her a while to realize that what she was doing was wrong. And she, instead of you know, putting all Mexicans in the same bucket, she should have, she, she just realized, oh, it's just those guys that were bad. And that goes for any group. It goes for black people. It yeah. goes for cops. It goes for black, uh, white people, Hispanics, Asians. But I mean, stereotypes are there for a reason. I mean, because they're based yeah, on some kind of truth, right? But you got to be careful like you when you start. It. Say what? No, I was just like, yeah, you're right. It's like you, the acknowledgement of it 
like uh, keeps you in check. Yeah, it's just like saying fuck the police. Okay, not all cops are bad. Right. You know, there's some good ones out there. You know, so you just got to be careful making this distinction between one person or group of folks that fuck it up for the rest of that group. Yeah. And and not just lump everybody in the same bucket. And I think that's the thing about where we're not the like I think I talked about this in the last thing that you guys said and you guys touched on it like younger cultures are starting to put together things that don't make sense as much because they they have a lot you know I I ask a lot of questions so I pushed back on my family when I went home and told my mom in kindergarten hey this is what happened my mom had to be like oh gosh and be like we won't say that word around here anymore and that kind of thing you know uh, they also took down the rebel flag a couple years ago because I actually explained what why you know my their grandkids were not happy coming up to my mom pat balls and seeing a rebel flag because they have black friends and they know the actual history mm -hmm. so my parents have been very receptive in those ways and i've appreciated that but um i, I saw here it looks like um ernest and laura were still going back about something so i, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that yeah but yeah, I yeah, to, yeah. Like, Go for so yeah they had a nice conversation going i um i did want to say that um my daughter had pointed out something we we are very we're very like try to be self-aware kind of world like i'm a coach we talked about that i'm a speaker i have self-help books but like i've made a lot of you know f up mistakes in my life too and so i'm trying to always be aware as much as i can and my daughter the other like six months ago christmas time we mm -hmm. love the hall mount mark movies we love the ones if you've ever mm -hmm. watched them you know they're always said even though they're the super cheesiest thing ever they're so cheesy super like this is super cheesy town there's always like a baker <laughs> and a but butcher and the girl always comes from the big city and she runs into the dude and we and we noticed my daughter's like why are every one of these movies because we just started watching them on netflix and binging them one saturday there's only one black person in every single one of these and i was like well this is just generally like movies and movie history and tv history in general sweetheart and she's like yeah the shows we're watching right now have no no people of color leads or, or she's like I said, she's in the gay community. So she's like, or like LGBT representation. How is this still going on in 2020? And I was like, I, I brought this point up uh, a couple of podcasts one? ago, yeah. like, yeah, because like, because uh, I, I was listening to this uh, radio host that, I, that I've listened to for years. And but I would over time, I would always hear him make this like statement where, oh, like, uh, the movie Ghostbusters is coming back. But now they're gonna reboot it with all black casts or something, or or no. And then another movie was like, oh, they're gonna the family vacation. Let me guess, they're gonna do an all black cast, or it's gonna be all gay people. And it's uh, and to me, I, I whenever he would do this he this joke and he and or this statement, and it seemed like the it's like the most racist statement somebody can make because <clears throat> because it's it's like. You don't ever hear any other minority group saying, "Oh, um, what's the what's the quote like ET? Like ET? Yeah. Let me guess, it's gonna be an all white cast." Or well, yeah. first or, of all, they gotta they gotta stop with the remakes and stuff. Come up with new shit and include yeah. folks in it. But yeah, but Black Superman is gonna be weird to me. Yeah, like or I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just but, with any movie. But any movie, we don't like the, any group. We don't always say every, after every single movie that's coming out, uh, Sonic. We don't have let that me, argument. Oh, is it? Let me guess. All white cast. Like we, we like the reason that these things make news is because we, if the group doesn't ask for it, it doesn't get made. 
Like we were so used, we're so the whole country here is so used to always seeing white faces on everything that sometimes you would like to see a, like a, a Spanish telenova or a or a back a black family kind of celebrating Christmas or a or a Jewish family like like a, yeah, but you, you know what? Doing what? The, it's just you would want to see different people's culture, and I, I think that's a big debate now. Everyone is trying to figure out what what's culture. Right. What's culture? Yeah, like, I think people. I think the people that like are so right? against, like, they're still in my heritage. Like they're want to take down these statues, yeah. and they call that. I was cold. gonna say it should be just as much of like white people should want their kids to see this diversity as much as like people go. Well, we we need to do it for black people so that little black kids growing up, people will say this stupid stuff like so when little black kids grow up, they can see representation on TV. Absolutely. But your white kids should be seeing that too. Because yep. I grew up with like watching because of my friends. I told you, like I grew up in a predominantly black area. So I was like I was raised by like my my friends, their mamas, their aunties. So I watched movies that, you know, I, I thought were normal. And so I never understood that did that imbalance in TV. And so yeah. like I'm really into black comedy, Cat Williams, um, old stuff, Richard Pryor and different yeah. things and like bad boys. Yeah. in color and yeah. you saw Jim Carrey and you and went, yes. Yeah. yeah. But see, right? but, so, and I, mean, I and, and that's the thing I love about like, you too. I don't even watch because, white comedy because it doesn't resonate with me. It's not funny. I'm like, y'all, because they're not funny. But no, like, but like the, other stuff. And my son is the same. He's like, can we go, can we go back to Cat Williams and Kevin Hart? Because this is not funny. Kevin uh, Hart's not funny no yeah. more. Sorry. Well, no, yeah. Like, but the same way, but yeah. it's like the but him. Like that, that's I love that you 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 feel that way because like we like me and back like we're black, but we love like white culture too. Like we we yeah. grew up on Rugrats or or Doug and yeah. maybe, you maybe did. not you. You're but maybe you're too old. Hey yeah. Arnold or whatever that stuff is like. But we yeah. we've grown up on all these things, so. But it's just like it would be nice to have like another the other group kind of take like enjoy or or maybe that's the only time that they they think it's acceptable to kind of like look at black culture is when we're yeah. we're playing sports or we're making music. Yes, yeah, so like, we point, have a lot more point, than just like entertainment. So and put a uh, pin on Laura and then so you guys can move to them next because they said don't forget about them. Yeah, oh, the, wanna... the, the, about the Giddy community. Sorry, we're supposed to go. Yeah, back. yeah, we like we keep we keep. Like, go back. Sorry, to, uh, sorry, the conversation <laughs> moves along. Uh, hold on, let's, let's, let's go back to this real quick. Um, okay. So they were saying that uh, if a mob breaks down the gate, it's and different on the communities. But I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to other parades are had in that, that private community. And he, here's the thing, Ernest, I love you. You're a great dude. But here's the, here's the argument. Like, does, you're saying it was private property that they were, they were on, and then you're saying, but I don't agree with them pointing the guns. At the end of the day, they were pointing guns. End of story. I think that's where you end it. Yeah, that it was, was like I said, there's a better way to handle this. Uh, they didn't break down the gates, first of all. It'd be one thing if this went up and blew up the gates and then just rushed it and then start throwing bricks yeah. at your house. The that I get. always come out. They did not break the gate. No matter every way that keeps saying that they broke the gate. The gate is it was wide open. That's yep. how they walked into that private property. So. Yeah, so let, 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 me ask, let me ask you this. Um, do you have, today, do you have hope for the next generation, for your kids? Me? Oh, I'm dealing yeah. with kids. Obi doesn't yeah. have kids. Um, <laughs> I have so one, but he's two, it's two years old. I don't have I kids think... that I know of. Oh, crap. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 have, I, I only have kids that I know of. So... Um, 
here's here's where my well here's where I think my privilege comes in. I, I have hope, but I think it's because there is a little bit of privilege that allows me that hope because I haven't been oppressed and beaten and seen things go on repeatedly all the time. I've had a lot that I've seen, but I haven't seen it from the viewpoint of of a black perspective, right? So mm-hmm. I'm always going to have hope. I mean, I'm, I'm going through what I'm going through. I told you guys, um, I've had two divorces. I have a disease. I've almost died. So if I don't have hope for my kids, then like I can't survive. I can't, I can't make a better world for the present time, right? If I think that the future looks so dark, I can't be happy in the present or have any joy. So I have to have that. But I will tell you that my, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be, mindful of what I say here, because I don't know the best way. So I'm just going to say it and maybe you guys can help me. Sure. Um, I don't want to sound like a white savior or something or that my kids are amazing, but my kids are very educated on black culture, black history, as much as we can be right now. Mm-hmm. So when I see my kids acting the way that they do, um, last week I posted um, a video of here, the school that my kids go to, um, Alamo Heights. I sent it to you, Obi. These three. Yeah, I remember this that were yelling the N-word with an A and then just being stupid. And the school has, is, this school system is known for being racist. They're very influential. They're very white. Um, they are, a lot of people have money here, okay? And mm-hmm. my kids go to that school. So my daughter sent the video to me and asked me to post it. And I said, sure, I will. I posted it. All of this stuff goes down. One of the kids knows some city commissioner. So all this stuff gets swept under the rug. It's, they release a statement on the news, whatever. The girls are not really, nothing happens. But here's the thing. I start getting threats that Jaden, my son, is going to get beat up as soon as he goes back to school or Maddie's going to get raped. What? Um, And so I asked my kids, do you want me to take the video down? And Jade said, no. If I get beat up, I'll just go back to school. You'll keep doing your thing. This is not anything compared to what Black people have been through. What? No, that's not acceptable. Are you serious? Dude, somebody sending death threats to someone's kids. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I appreciate, I was like, baby, I appreciate you being willing to go back to school and and take a beating, but they could be deadly. So we do need to talk about this as a family, about how to approach this, what we do. Cause what he was saying is black people have been through worse than me getting beat up. You know what he's saying? Like, he's like, they're, they're getting killed. So I'm still going to, I want you to still stand up and I do it. So I have hope because my kids are willing to, my kids get emotional when they see injustice. My daughter wants to be a civil rights attorney. She has since she's been 10. And like we watch all of these things with everything. And she doesn't want to do that for any credit. She's like, I know people will hate me. I, I mean, she's obviously in the, like, um, she's gay. So she's going to be looked at. Um, she passes for straight because she's doesn't, she, they, people look at her and think, well, she must be straight because she's got a certain look to her. Mm-hmm. But I have hope for future generations. I just don't know that I have hope that it will be fixed by the time that they're the ages we are. I don't know, really. I think that that as as the world mixes, I'm already seeing patterns. It's my job to read patterns online. I'm already seeing the numbers be outnumbered. White men are dying off. People are mixing races. Things are happening. Um, I, I do feel that certain things will move a certain way. I just don't know that it's as quick as some of us think with this last movement, we thought it would be quicker. And then I started to see my feet go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we were almost there. And some of my, my feet still has a lot of people talking about it, but everybody that was claiming that they were going to make a better world and they were going to do this and do that. 
it's just fallen off. So it's tricky. I'm just always going to have hope that there's going to be better things. But all I can hope for is that my kids can do their proper job and being what they can be. And that's, I have a video that's a live video that I did a couple um, when Ahmaud Arbery got killed. I said, white women, this is to you. It's our job to think about these things when they happen. Who raised them? Not always was it white women. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a grandma or their dad raised them. But a lot of times these men that have murdered these police officers or these guys that killed Ahmaud Arbery, they were raised by a white woman um, or a dad that was racist that the white woman was just like, eh, whatever their dad says. So we need to take responsibility also as white women in how we're educating our children, what we're allowing their friends to say around them. My kids know, like, it's how I grew up. If my kids say something off or weird or something, if I hear them in the other room or if I'm sitting next to them, like I grew up so Southern, especially in Mississippi, that mm -hmm. speaker Kim is very different than mama Kim. So mama uh -huh. Kim is like, sorry, what'd you say? And then they'll be like, oh, sorry, mama. And then they, they learn quickly and they never do that again. So if I put my kids in check, then I'm less likely to have to write it. Like I said this in a, in a, they had talked the other day. If I put my kids in check on racism, on sexual abuse and all those things and sexual assault, then I'm less likely to have to write a check for their bail later if they get caught or they do something stupid. Because That's this kid that shot nice. him out of I mean, his life is done too. Mm -hmm. And who raised him? We don't know. But as, as, as a white mom, it's my job. I'm not actually that white. Most people, I pass. That's the, what's so bizarre. I'm actually like 40% Choctaw and I lived on reservations, but I passed, so I don't talk about it. So I, I have a culture there too, that I know of massacres and my whole culture has disappeared in a lot of ways from mainstream society. But I, my kids are white. And as a person who passes for white, that's all I have to focus on. I don't need to run around telling people, you can't talk to me. I, I'm, I've got Cherokee. I'm one eighth Cherokee. We've got Nobody will buy, black people matter. that are, you know what I mean? Like that, I, I hear that so much that it's so old. But I can only do my job as a white mom. And my friend's kids have even known, like, you come over to Maddie and Jaden's house, like, you, you might get Miss Kim saying, like, her opinion. Because if I hear them say something that's off, that they think is a joke, I'll be like, we don't do that here. And then we have a talk. It's more than we don't do that here. We actually have a talk that's open and a discussion. And those mm -hmm. kids get to tell me what, why they think that, why they believe that. And then I just get to tell them what I think. And we go from there. So I... I think I have hope. I just don't know what, what the timeline is. Um, if you guys had kids right now, would you have? Hope? I have one. <laughs> yeah, you have a kid? a kid? I didn't see that. I didn't yeah, I, I have one. Mixed, mixed kid is two and a half. So um, how, where are you on it? Where am I? Yeah, With what like do you think? What, what's, what scares me is that, yeah, he's, he's you know, mixed. Uh, he's mixed. And uh, my first reaction when the George George Floyd thing happened was like, yeah, that could be, that could be my son. Cause no matter how you look at it, he's black. He is half white too. But if anybody, uh, you know, runs into him, they'd be like, look, he's, he's, he's black no matter what. So what, what scares me the most about the next generation is the fact that uh, they've grown up in this, information overload world where you're you're bombarded all the time you have this thing on in your pocket that has the 
that opens the world to you and you're living behind a screen. And so the, the lack of conversation is what scares me the most for the next generation. Because we were, when we were kids, if you didn't understand something, you know, you had family talks. You would, you know, go talk to your mom, talk to your dad, talk to your cousins, your uncle, um, your family about issues, and you would discuss it. Um, and nowadays, you, get, you don't necessarily get your information from your school. You don't get your information from your family. You get it online. And you get it from other people that you don't know and if you don't know how to process that as a kid, it's hard to deal with life. It's going to be really, really tough because either you're in this bubble and you only, uh, you only, you only uh, like interact with people who agree with you or you see the kind of, you know, vicious uh, rhetoric that's out there and, and you get emotional and that angers you even more and then you lash out and you don't know how to deal with it. Um, that's, what scared, that's what scares me the most about the next generation. The fact that they're more um, uh, aware of things today than maybe we were back then in terms of social issues, that's great. But as far as how to process it and how to act on it, um, that's a scary place. Because I mean, at some that's... point, was that? No, no, oh, no. No, no, so because like for for instance, um, even something like saying, saying the N-word for a mixed kid. I know, mix, I know guys my age who are mixed who, who say it all the time, for example, right? right? And, but I'm going to have to have that conversation with them and say, look, you have to know the history behind this word. And you're going to have to you know, be careful uh, about it. And, and, and the thing is, people, people don't realize how, I mean, I've, I've see, I see people all the time at, uh, at, at shows and uh, rap shows that just start rapping along the songs and then the N-word comes on and they just, or they just say it out loud. They just say it out loud. I'm like, all right. This actually okay. brings like, because I, I had a topic that I wanted to get both of your takes on today and the people in the chat. Because, um, first of all, Kim, I'm really sorry that after you posted that video that your kids and yourself were getting death threats. Like, there's a lot of, uh, for some reason, there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there. I mean, it's yeah, okay. I, I, they're, they're coming out of the woodworks. Like, even, like, during People this, throughout, the, throughout, throughout this past month, I've been pretty vocal about speaking out on multiple different issues. And I have people have no clue how they found me or, or they're seeing my stuff, but they're, they'll send me anonymous messages yeah. on Instagram, Facebook, and, and, and they, and because like you, you're anonymous, you're in fucking states away, you think that you're untouchable, like he, he can't get to me, so I'll, I'll say the most vile shit to him right now while I'm behind his keyboard, but it's, but it, this brings me to what I wanted to bring up, um, do both of y'all think that do you think society as a whole enjoys fighting yes like because i'm i'm because i'm noticing something like well you could take something as simple as mask being required to go outside or go into businesses mm -hmm. and and you have it's like you have one one group over here and like 
that's fighting everyone do a mask it's 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 so it's like something that you think is so like kind of just self-explainable like you don't like who who needs to kind of fight against this or 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 and then they have another side that wants to like pull up all these these statistics and points and and fight it it's like there's people feel a need to always be devil's advocate on no matter what the issue is. Here's we could have, we could, I'm to the point where I feel like we could literally have a debate about, hey, the sky is blue. And somebody's going to feel like there's going to have to be devil's advocate, like actually the sky is not blue. And we will have this whole week of debate about that. It's just like, our, and I'm just thinking like, as a society, are we just programmed to fight with each other? Like, is this always going to keep happening? It's easier for humans. It's easier for people to criticize than to actually support. It's way, if if you have an idea, it's easier for me to shit on it without any reason, without any explanation, than go, oh yeah, let me add to this. Let me compliment what you're saying. Let me, let me see, you know, how I can help or make a better argument. It's easier to shit on something, first of all. Second. No, no, I, I was sorry. Yeah, um, it, it, it's really, I, and, and I brought this up before, it, it's weird that there's always a conflict about anything in this country, anything, black, white, gay, straight, Democrat, Republican, South, North, Midwest versus the coast. There's always a yeah. versus somewhere. People, it, it, it's like, it, it, it's, it's ingrained in, in this culture that you have to your team you know you're a cowboys fan so whoever talk shit about the cowboys you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get crazy yeah i i i'll let me tell you a story real okay. quick yeah yeah I, I was and this might sound like trivial but that was that was weird to me i i worked at uh i was uh an usher at the for ut when i went there and i worked at the the women's athletics department and i'm so there's a soccer game going on, and it's UT versus NM, one of those things. Um, and one uh, UT lost by like six zeros, and the goals that NM scored were actually pretty spectacular. Like they were like you know head head ends and everything. And I stood there, and when NM scored, I went, "Oh, that was a pretty good play." I got so much shit about that just right behind me. I just I just clapped a little bit and and they were like no how dare you you wearing a UT shirt you motherfucker how why would you cheer for the other team I'm like calm down that was a nice goal can you just accept that and that might that might sound trivial but I, it it comes down to it's easier to talk shit than to actually find something in common and try to compliment and try to add on to the conversation. So what I was gonna say is like what I coach in is is mindset we talked about that right Mm -hmm. so it's my job for as long as i've like learned what i've done and studied psychology and all of that is to understand where we come from as people and our psyche and all of the subconscious and all of that so i started when i was in my 20s after a sexual assault going to therapy and trying to understand some you know certain things about my personality i was a contrarian and this was before people were actually contrarians a lot more than they are now and so I didn't understand why that was. And I spoke with my therapist and she said, well, it's an egotistical, it's an ego. There's two parts of the brain, ego and self won't go too down the rabbit hole, but the ego needs to find something to challenge. Like we can, you can actually be addicted. Like in my family, we're addicted to drama. 
We all talk about each other. We're five siblings. There's drama in the family. We just talk shit, talk shit. Oh no, she said, she said, they said. Mm -hmm. And so you can be addicted to that. You can grow up in that. And so you have that first of all. And what happens is, is that we had younger, we had that less because there are people in homes. We didn't have the social media. We didn't have the anonymity. So it's become worse for us because now we can argue and we don't like to feel inferior. So you have a whole group of people that don't have, that used to not have voices. Because when, if you look at status, the people that had voices were in government or they were in like elite positions or they were speakers of some sort. And now you have everybody that can be an expert, even in my field as a coach, you can call yourself any damn type of coach you want to do, right? You can just throw a life coach fucking thing up here and be a life coach and be a mindset coach. And I'll call myself out on that. Anybody can. Um, I speak for myself with my testimonials, but anybody can do that. So what happens is the ego says, uh, no, I like, I know so many people that are well, actually people, they just want to argue just to argue because if they can be smarter than you, they had a voice and it made them feel superior for a moment. So 100%, I don't know. hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know, when you see like on the, the threads going and they'll go, well, actually, and you're like, do you really believe that? Or you just wanted to look smart? Yeah. And they don't. So, yeah. A lot of, I see them, people yeah, do that. All of, they, it's works. like, you don't even actually mean this statement, but for some reason you're, you're, you're compelled to, to spit this out. And I was like, what, what's the, what's the motive? What's the end goal? Do you want to just prove that you're, you're, yeah. you're smarter, you're smarter at yep. debating than somebody it's or, or are you going to ask, or do you actually have it in yourself to kind of social sympathize media, or even the playing field like right. when it because social media allowed anyone to have a platform for any opinion and as and here's the thing it's mob mob mentality and it's 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 the culture that america has bred so america started first of all as the biggest bully of all that we were like we are so amazing we are everything right and you have yeah. that and you're patriotic and it's so then you have that competition as a as a fucking country we are like we are the best country in the world. No, yes, that's what that's what I think. That's what Americans think patriotism is. Is like, hey, it, we yeah. like boasting about it. USA. Yeah, you have to like if pa <laughs> being patriot. Being patriot is like you have to be very loud and 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 yell it. Over not, the top, be and over the, the flags, top. and I mean, and I was like so that. It's like go and that's just the culture and to find people that did not like me because I was American. I was humbled. I was like, oh shit, y'all don't like us, and we y'all think we're dumb. I know. Oh, I learned that, I learned that when I went over to Europe. He back is back lived in Europe for. I grew up in so he, he knows how you, people uh, look at. You know that the French people are great, but but you know what's funny? Uh, to Trevor Noah had a, has a joke, and he says, "The United States is the only country where oh, people yeah. chant the, the name of the country, USA." No, no other country goes. England doesn't go. England, no, England, <laughs> no they yeah. don't do that. France doesn't go. France, France, France. Only no. in America, people like will chant at a moment. Like someone just needs to start. USA and everybody joins in. When they were protesting downtown Austin about when uh, what's his face, Alex Jones was was oh. driving down mm -hmm. with his armored vehicle, going no mask, no mask. People like USA, really? Yeah, that's that's yeah. your this, argument. This is not a USA. This is not a USA <laughs> thing. But we're American. Okay, which are, you're wait, what American? You're you're South American or you're North American or what? Like yes, yeah. we are. But we we think that the we're the best American. Yes, yeah, there's, so, there's a whole bunch of countries that are American. Yeah. here's right? an argument. Here's an argument that I've got that I've gotten into since I came here 21 years ago. 
And I, I would ask people, hey, how many continents? And when they list them out, they say seven, we're taught five in France. And when it says seven, they always say North America, South America. And I just challenged them and said, where's the hole? Because the Panama Canal was built. So, and even North America, you know, it's, there's Canada, there's Mexico, and then there's the US. Yeah. But when you say American, you know what country you're talking about, even though there's right. other countries that are part of that continent. Yeah. And people will get so mad about that. Just yeah. because I was like, out of question. We, it's it. like we stole it. We stole the... the yeah. The name America. Yeah, or I mean, Mexicans or Americans. States. We are the most narcissistic sort of brainwashed in those in, from politics in those ways that we are better than the other cultures. We are this, like the, these other countries have all of these issues. And if you actually go over and you look at other things and you look at statistics and you educate yourself, you realize like how far behind we are in a lot of ways. So oh, yeah. we don't yeah. want to admit that. This like, is going to turn bully, into a shit on America podcast. <laughs> Yeah, the, the bully at school doesn't want to believe that he's not smarter than the nerd kid, right? So he's not going to, he's just going to beat him up. He's just going to be like, I'm stronger mm -hmm. than you. So I'm just going to beat you up. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I, I think there's a, there's a level of ego that goes with that part of it. Like we don't humble ourselves as Americans enough and say we could learn from different things. Like I get called French a lot because of the way that my house looks, sans certain things, but like we, even my clothing, like it's, it's a joke around here that people, Maddie's, French teacher thought that maybe like I had lived in France for a while when she saw her our house that in, in the back and my friends are French and so um I was talking with someone about it and they were like your clothing and all of these different things and I said well I you know I just I gravitate toward that and it seems natural for me and I really I like that vibe um and I I don't feel that I have to stick with one like look because of American culture and she was like yeah, yeah I never really thought about that I never thought like we, you know, like a person could look this way and I'm like, because Americans just steal all the cultures. They just steal all the cultures. Oh, cultures it's it's weird because like, uh, <laughs> well, like yeah, I, I feel, because I feel very, like, I feel very, a lot of American pride and I feel very patriotic, but I, but for some reason people look at me and they don't think that I, I, I fit the American image. Like, cause I don't wear Jerry, red, white, and blue. I don't have right. a, your name I'm, is Obi. I'm not, yeah, no, but but listen to me. I'm not waving the American flag or, yeah. or or this. Like people, for some reason, that has become like the symbol of American patriotism. But like, I don't know. I was like, I really value our constitution. Our our constitution. I like these values that the country has and and what it means. And right. when you have like leaders threatening that and really like not following the rules, it's just in. But the people that kind of have that kind of look at like that image that wave the American flag and, and, and scream the loudest. You think that they're the most, you, you think that they're really valuing it too. No, you, you, just because you dress like this, this symbol doesn't mean that you're really, you're really supporting what this country is about and what the, where the pride comes from. It's just, it's, and, and to like, and since our culture is so kind of like, likes to argue with each other, like, I feel like the only time in history that I remember that all like the whole country was all on the same page at the same time about the issue was September 11th. That's the only time I remember is like when when September 11th happened, we were all like, hey, guys, we're all in this together because it's kind of it like except for Arabs because so, people were pissed off. <laughs> yeah, it felt so amazing to have that feeling. But then also yeah. like and then it, and, but it was short lived because right after that, then debates started about do we go to war with this country or yeah. not? 
and then yeah. and then the split happened again yeah. it's like we we had a couple we had a week or so where we're, we're uh, no matter who you talk to nobody was trying to play devil's advocate and say hey i think they were i think they were justified in bombing like no everybody here was on the same page with this is a horrible act and we need to stick together and take care of our own and that's the only time i didn't see what this culture is right now where everyone no matter how simple of an issue is like hey wear a mask just to just to protect yourself and people but people feel the need to like you know what nah i don't i don't think it's nah, that i ain't wearing scary. no mask i'm not wearing a mask i'm not getting a I muzzle mean, on my face like a dog I, I've, I've seen reports where it doesn't work here's like, all topics though so that's what it goes that's what i said it goes into the mentality it's vaccines it's the mask it's football which one's better it's sports it's how you raise your kids in my in my world, uh, homeschooling or you're the mom that that goes and works or do you stay at home with your mom or your kid? Do you have baby formula or do you breastfeed? There's always some better or like it, it's a it's an ingrained egotistical thing, ego sensory thing that we have that has to say what I'm doing is the best thing. Like how many people have you known that were like, when I have kids, I'm not doing that. And then when they have kids, they're like, oh, snap. I, I, I am like, yeah, my kid might do this for a second because they're humbled by that. Until people are humbled by an experience that they think that they're superior on, they did, or they're not called out on it, they keep living that. And when we have a culture, especially in America, I want to say too, I'm very patriotic. I love it here. So when I was saying like, if you go and educate yourself, I wasn't being anti-American because someone just wrote me and I got the message privately. People love to private message me, which I love. They won't write it publicly. But what I'm saying is, if we were to educate ourselves and humble ourselves and say, we could be better at certain areas that other cultures and other countries have done better at, we could be even better than we are. It's what I work in, right? My clients don't come to me saying, I'm a terrible shit human, fix me. They come to me saying, I think I'm a good, pretty good human, but I'd like to be better. I'd like to know better skills. I'd like to know other things that you've learned and other things that you've done with your clients to make be better in certain areas. So as Americans, like it, we're supposed to believe in like an American dream that anything is possible and everybody's supposed to have that. And so I don't know where we got so off kilter with the right or wrong, better or worse, inferior, superior, whatever it was. I mean, there's so many different aspects that it just was the ball kept spinning. But yeah. I mean, there's no topic that's off limits these days. So like when we were talking about our kids earlier, Obi uh, back and um, not Obi, but Buck, and I was talking about the hope for my kids and you were saying the kids are in the screens. The truth is that it's going to be up to us. Like my kids and I, we speak every Sunday. Um, my kids have a time limit on their phones. My kids ask me questions before they post anything. And um, a good example for that is You've got the, you're talking about these masks and you're talking about there's conspiracy theories and different things that are going around. I'm sitting here the other day and I'm going to piss someone off with this, I'm sure. I'm sitting here oh, the other day do. and my son, my son runs in and he says something and he goes, because he's been, um, he moved from with his dad. He moved from his dad in January. So he's been catching up. His dad's very right wing. So he's been catching up on a lot okay. of stuff that he already knew, but he, he needed to learn. And so we're a very, you know, open household. He comes in and we're talking about politics. And he says, did you hear? And he's all serious. And he's 16, about to be 17. He's a very intelligent kid, like super smart. And so I go, oh, what, what is it? And he wants to be a part of conversations and stuff. He goes, did you hear about the like pedophile rings with like 
Bill Gates and Oprah and um and just there's naming all these people, <laughs> right? Uh, it's, it's that Epstein. conspiracy Epstein conspiracy that's going around that all all the major people are in on, right? And he believed it. And he so he comes and he tells me about that, like it's news. And I go, mm -hmm. honey. I started laughing. I looked at my daughter. I look at, you know, my partner at the time and I was like laughing and he's like, and I said, who told, who told you that? Where, where did you read that? I was laughing so hard because I was just like, this is so ludicrous. Yeah, and he, I just had somebody, I, information I, I just had somebody text me in a conversation too. Like, did you, oh, do you, did you, know? you know, you know, Ellen's part of that, that sex Ellen ring. Ellen too. That's her, what he told me. show's about to get canceled. Yeah. I was like, so I said, honey, where, where? I was like, where wait, did, did this, is from? this breaking news somewhere? Yeah. Where did, where are you finding this? You can this? find it. It's breaking news to you. And then they, and then they pull up a, a Reddit forum where it's just yeah. like, <laughs> like, look at what they're all saying. This is not, this is not son, a, a credible source. My <laughs> son was so funny. I go, where did you learn that from? And he goes, well, Colby told me. Colby, that's homeschooled, that sits at home on Xbox all day. That was your news source, honey. And he's like, no. so that's not true. So, so I do think that what you said earlier, um, it's back, right? I, am I saying that right? Yeah, back? like feedback. Yeah, okay. Get it? So, right. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, basically, you know, I think that it comes down to us acknowledging as parents that the easy thing to do sometimes is to have that screen babysitter sometimes, but we need to be having the conversations. So my kids don't have that luxury of like, I'll look at them and they'll be like, but I don't have anything else to do. Look out the window, think about your future. And they mm -hmm. really don't, they don't question me. I, we don't, in my house, I don't, I don't know, but somewhere along the lines, parents got allowed to be told by their kids, I'm entitled to be on my phone because I'm bored. And I look at my kid and he's like, well, I'm bored. And I'm like, look out the window. We're on a road trip. You can be bored as a kid today. You can be bored. <laughs> I used to be bored. Grab a stick and dig a hole in the backyard. If you don't have a backyard. And in five minutes, when my kids are bored and they don't have their phones, within five, 10 minutes, they've found something to do. They've got a book. They've got paper they're drawing. My son was doing it. He did a three color challenge with his sister the other day. Pick three colors, make art out of it. He draw, drew this whole thing because I took the phones away. So if, I'm just going to throw this out there to parents. If you want to have these conversations with your kids, or if you don't, because it's uncomfortable, I still would implore you to have the conversations with your kids so that your kids are not parented by a friend that they're talking to. I mean, we, we talk about this in gang mentality, right? That mm -hmm. kids are not feeling comfortable at home. They can't belong, so they get in gangs. And so we'll talk about that, preach about it, in like, in, and say I, black culture is full of gang mentality and all of that. I so, love how open you are with your kids. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I want to tell all the people out there, too, listening, like, all these, the, the uncomfortableness, fully embrace it. Like, I've had been, I've been having nonstop, and I haven't been the most comfortable having these conversations either. But, like, the more you, you just, like, embrace it and just, like, learn and find out like like even moments ago like before we we went live um i had a friend of mine comment on one of my past statuses and, and his comment was bro if you think i'm voting for biden you're you're yeah, out of your it. fucking mind so like so like in my head i was like okay i could go down this like two different routes like i could either come at him very aggressive and enlist like all the do a compare and contrast on on this thread and, and kind of we can just have have this this text facebook fight back and forth about who's the better candidate or 
but but instead i was like i know that i was like yo me and him are friends and i don't i know he's not like a when when he knows i'm not an evil person i know he's not an evil person but we can have a a civil conversation about this because we're coming from two different viewpoints and i would like and i i offered an invite to him i was like hey like i don't i respectfully disagree with you but i would love to talk about this like it i i call him on the phone it, don't do it over Facebook. yeah I, yeah i want to i want to like actually like yeah. a like a, a phone call or something but i want to understand where he's coming from because because maybe maybe i'm missing something or I, it's just like i know it's an uncomfortable like you can't just always embrace people that just think exactly like you i think that like sometimes go have that uncomfortable conversation because it have leads you, to solutions like there's not i don't think anything is i don't think what i'm doing is 100 right or what they're doing is 100% right. Like there has to be some kind of middle right. ground in there that you have to find. Have you so, watched the uncomfortable conversation with a black man? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Manuel Cho, I think his name is. Yeah. Something like that. What do you think about that? If you so, haven't, by I the mean, way, go to YouTube, just just Google him. Uncomfortable I mean, that's, the, that's the way it works in my, my home is that we bring up things that are going, you know, I, my, my kids have to watch things that are gonna be uncomfortable at first. Uh -huh. And I, I, I think that hearing something that's going to challenge you in a discomfort way is going to teach you how you're going to react in the future to uncomfortable things. So mm -hmm. the, I, I believe in exposure therapy type stuff, exposure stuff. So I believe in exposing to un, just uncomfortable things. Um, I didn't get to, I didn't get to watch all of, all of the, the, the things, but I, I saw a few and it just, what really stuck out to me is just the, the miscommunication of how someone perceives something. So I'm not going to get too coachy or preachy, but something we do in our house, Nobi, you were talking about being open, is something I teach my kids with is, is when, instead of assuming what someone's saying, and I will say back made a good point, go back to using the phones, and I'll go to my point now, go back to having conversations that are not text, please pick up your phones and talk to people, hear the inflection in their voice, mm -hmm. hear the empathetic way they want to communicate with you so that you understand because text can be whatever. But with my kids, what I tell them is, here's a good exercise I use with my clients. If they get frustrated with me or my partner or my kids, they tell me what they think. Instead of assuming something, I use this phrase. Because we all come from different biases. I've had abuse. I've had assaults. So we all come from different traumas and issues and makeups, right? Mm -hmm. So our brains tell us something. So I tell my kids something and they go, okay, mama, before I get frustrated, they say this phrase what my brain is telling me you're saying to me is that you're upset at me and i'm like no i'm not upset with you or mama what you're or a friend i've had to tell a friend what my brain is telling me and my thoughts telling me is that you think you're smarter than me and they have to go oh i'm so sorry that's not what i meant so it's a really good thing to challenge our own self and to let someone know hey I might be wrong here. And what I'm picking up from you is this, is that what you meant? Um, I think Dr. Phil used to say it, like say it back and say, so what I'm hearing you say is, and that gives the person the ability to clarify before you make a judgment. Mm -hmm. So the discomfortable, the uncomfortable conversations can be a lot less uncomfortable if we are willing to hear somebody's actual intention rather than going in thinking that they have an intention against us, if that makes sense. So one of the most powerful when when you uh, uh, when you talk to somebody when you have a conversation it could be an, even in, in interview form 
And this is something that um, I watched the dude's name who did the interviews on CNN, who's old with the suspenders. Larry King. Larry King. Larry, Larry King said, the most powerful thing you can ask when you're talking to somebody is why? Why is that? Why, why you think that way? And this goes back to kids. When, when kids ask you, say, you say something, the kids go, why? And you yeah. have to like, okay, let me dig deeper and give you another, an- another answer that and maybe help you understand. Why. And then you go, why is that? And then you keep yeah. going and going and going. And at the end you go, because, you know, the sky's blue, because whatever. But at yeah. least it, it helps you um, formulate an answer, a coherent answer, because you're trying to make the other person understand where you're coming from. Right. And, and that's the most powerful question you can ask. Um, and, and, and another thing I wanted to add to what you were saying earlier, Obi, I, I, I think that for the next generation, um, there is, I think people should, should pay more attention to when it comes to news, they should look at other countries covering what's happening here. Because okay. they don't, the whole, I think the whole 24 hours cycle news thing is dying. And people are more tuned into conversations like the one we're having. You know, there's a reason why Joe Rogan has the biggest podcast in the world because all he does is talk. He just talks to people who know what the fuck you're talking about. And he's just curious. You just ask questions, try to get an understanding. And you're also paying attention to, you're there to listen. You have two ears, one mouth. Listen twice as much as you talk. And yeah. so some of that always says, uh, maybe he didn't come up with it. I don't think so. But anyway. <laughs> and I um, think offering like your community more of those opportunities to speak will actually allow it to be better. My friend Didi and Sean are a biracial couple living up in Austin, mm-hmm. um, up where I think you guys are. And they, they've always been really amazing about holding in their neighborhood when racial intentions, uh, sorry, it gets tense in, in racial, racial issues they will go and put together and put on houses and offer their neighbors to come and have an actual conversation. So they did it distance this time because of COVID, but they are always such a great example of starting the uncomfortable conversations. They know people are going to have differing opinions, but mm-hmm. they regulate it with, with, with respect. And the amount of people that show up to those who want to, want to be heard is, is such a great number. So if you start offering places that people can have a voice rather than just the internet or the news, then you're going to be teaching your communities. If you can be the people teaching each other, then you're much better off than if you're learning from somebody that you're always watching on Fox news. That's why I said, you know, I allow my kids when I ask, where are you getting that information from? And this is where I want you to, you know, come to me. I'm not going to always have the answer or listen to this podcast or listen to your answer, your uncles, um, and have those conversations, have conversations with each other. So I think that's important too, is, is having more of these conversations in the communities. I'm really big on the discussions in the communities face to face as uncomfortable as they can be, because if we're not doing that, we're going to jump on the keyboard and do it anonymously or do it behind our, you know, behind a keyboard because it's, it's, yeah. We'll have a whole society just full of keyboard warriors that just much. don't want to I mean, listen to anybody going. that just want to that just want to pull up their phone or their computer, fire off their their comment, and then disappear again. Yep. And it's just like you're not going to ever learn that way unless you really start engaging with conversation. But, but it's also sometimes a people, people hate being uncomfortable, but you gotta like we gotta like, embrace you this. Know that psychologically, it's a release people have this conflict release. It's that they like to say something and it gives them that like rush. And then that's their high for that, that moment. 
it's that, oh, I told them, and then they'll go off into their day until they need that hit again, and they'll yeah, join well. Facebook and go comment on another thing. And so that's why I said at the beginning when you said we became this culture, it's an addiction. Like that drama addiction, like that's something we're going to have to be mindful over. And that's the part that I'm less hopeful about because I know how hard that is to challenge yourself when you want to have some drama and you want to be involved in it. I grew up very different than where I am now to have open conversations. Like I grew up in a high school where like people dealt with it by fighting. It was like, girl, what, what'd you say? Like earrings were coming off like in two seconds and there were no <laughs> Bitch. You know, that was, yeah, that was all that. And I'm not yeah. like that. But that's the way it was. And even in my family, my, my parents are not shy about this. We grew up going to bars with my parents. And I didn't understand this until later in life. And my brothers and sisters and I have you know, figured it out. But we went to bars with them. And um, it was in deep South Mississippi. So it was allowed to take your kids into bars with you and play pool or whatever. But um, we, the reason I'm so like, always aware and alert of my environment and what people are doing. Um, and people always say, Kim's like, you know, a spy. She can like hear someone across the street while talking to you while knowing what's going down the block. But I, I was, that was the way I had to grow up because of safety reasons. Well, my dad and mom always got into these fights and I would be like, why, like, why don't they like my parents? And that's not what was happening. It was that there was alcohol involved and there was attitude involved. And so when my parents moved to Arkansas, they were from Mississippi. So they liked throwing out that they were from Mississippi. And so the Arkansan people would be like, well, our, that's, that's a shitty place. And, and then they would fight. So I witnessed this fighting. And then in our, and even in our family, my dad will attest to this. If we had an argument and there was drama and we were going back and forth, he would go out in our backyard. This is some like white trash, hilarious shit, mm -hmm. draw a circle, put us in it and be like, fight it out. And if you don't beat each other's ass, then I'll beat your ass. So fighting was just what we were. See, we were I knew, taught. I knew Kim was more hood than both of us. Oh, I know. Like, she looked, she looked so put together. Like this girl, and we're in Africans. A, in a second, <laughs> she could. Yeah, it's I, I wanna, so hard I, to say that. I want to answer. That's that's what it is. Is that it's a mentality of a release that you get from that fighting, and you have to. It took me years. I went, I went through an anger management program Holy to deep. Shit. I love my parents. So my parents, if they were even to see this, they know. We already know. We've had the conversation about our past, but I had to deprogram, you know, lashing out at somebody like in road rage, or, I mean, I could be, I could have been a Karen. Thank God I wasn't, but I could have been a Karen. And so when I see these videos of these women, I go, I know where that's coming from. I know what you're doing. You lost control somewhere. Your husband's controlling you. You don't have control of your relationship, your mental, your kids, something you lost control of so you're trying to control this thing and that's what mm -hmm. i think our society is uh, we're so full of trying to control things because of fear that we lash out i mean actually all of us are karens to be honest yeah i started realizing that today i was like man we've actually all had a karen moment right like or a karen or a ken or a chad moment like but it's yeah. just how do you because i i straight up had a horrible chad moment but i got lucky enough that it was not recorded but I've oh. learned from that, that oh, incident. I, I did. Like, I had a road rage incident that was so... I mean, we all do. so bad. Yeah, no, we, but not not like my road rage incident. My I'm me, so Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't just say that and not tell the story. But before you do, I just want to address what uh, Carol asked in, in the chat um, about recommendations on where to get news. I watched France 24. It's an uh, interna uh, international news uh, uh, station. It's in French... Arabic and English 
uh, and they have a, a news bulletin every 30 minutes and it just give you, uh, it's about 10 to 15 minutes long, uh, every 30 minutes. And then it just say, okay, here's what's happening in this country. This is what's happening in this country. It's world news. Yeah, I watched have, that one. They have little, um, they say, okay, we'll go to, this person's going to tell you what's happening. Just the facts, just the facts. There's no, then they'll have like debate shows when they invite experts, but it never turns into a, you know, six panel with talking heads just for a minute and a half. It's, it's not that format. And they have different segments about technology and women and Africa. They talk about a lot of stuff. So France24.com uh, and you can, it's live 24 seven on YouTube. And every 30 minutes, there's a, there's a bulletin. You can, you can just watch or catch at the time or just go to the website and, and watch it. I love it. That's, that's all I listen to. But anyway, okay. Obi, tell the story when you almost kick somebody's ass. No, I can't, I can't incriminate <laughs> myself on a podcast. No, so no I, I can't do it. I'm, I mean, but I have, I'm going to switch the subject to something else we should talk about. Uh, <laughs> come on. So ACL was, ACL was canceled. <laughs> like, that, was like, the, that was coming. Uh, yeah, that, 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 was, that, that's like, that was super delayed that they, they should have canceled that. But, but there's, also, there's also this other story about, a, I don't know if you know this, a country singer, Chase Crawford. He went in like in Nashville. He had a he had a concert. He just like it threw like all caution into the wind, and he had a, a live concert, just like like regular, like nothing was happening, and it was full with thousands of people like rushing where, where? stage. In a that was Chase Rice, right? Yeah, Chase yeah, Rice. Chase Rice. Yeah. Yeah. Where was in, this? In a Tennessee, and I thought it was in Nashville. In Nashville. Yeah. So in. And then he got all this backlash from the rest of the country, like community, like all the other countries were like, dude, you can't, this is like a horrible example to set. Like you can't have a concert like this, and like, especially in the South where you're spreading COVID around. So he kind of put out this following statement saying like, hey, I apologize for that, but like, we're going to, I'm going to continue my tour, but it's going to be drive-in format from now on. Like come to the, my, I'm going to still perform. But you stay in your car and party like with your own people that you're quarantining with. So I was just I wanted to get your input. Like, do you think is do you think that experience will be what we have to kind of look forward to, like for the they're next year or it. two? They're already like, doing it. They did it in, in yeah. the Netherlands. They did it in Germany. They had like oh, EDM they shows, like drive in EDM shows with DJs. Yeah. Um, I've also seen. Oh, Michael Che is doing stand up. But he's doing it from the back of a pickup truck, and yeah. oh, really? in the parking lot, and there's like circles, like six uh. six feet apart yeah. circles, and people sit in there. Yeah. Um, I think I didn't I know, know people were already implementing this. I oh thought yeah. That, that was just gonna yeah, be like, I only saw it with movie theaters. Yeah, they're the doing it with shows. With the squares that you can dance in as well. Um, yeah. I just have a client that's a musician. She was on earlier, Laura. We were talking about it. Same thing. I told her there's a drive-in that's up in New Braunfels, you know, here um, uh, near San Antonio. And like, it's my job to help people get around things. So it's my job to keep up with strategies as a coach transition if something changes. And when the okay. pandemic hit, a lot of people needed to change what they were doing and make it something else. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you can still do a concert. You can still do all of this. You, you go to the drive-in and you do it on there. And she was like, what and I was like, yeah, people are already oh, doing yeah. that. Oh, you know? yeah, nice. Even oh, sweet, sweet, sweet John just said in the, in the comment that Vanilla Ice had a concert here in Austin planned, yeah, he, he but it just it got canceled. Minute. Yeah, last okay. minute. Okay. But yeah, at first, that was just because I think people were saying they weren't going to adhere to certain things and all of that too. Here's the thing: is that 
where we're at is it's hard to trust people's judgment if we open up things in a way that they can override the boundary you set. So as long yeah. as you do it in a way that says, hey, you have to stay in your car. So when we, you go to the drive-in movie, you have to stay in your lane and you watch yeah. the drive-in movie and you have it on your yeah. thing. So as long that's, as people- that, Cause that's what Chase Rice said. He said like, he, he may, I think his fancy told him like before the concert started like, hey, I'm gonna perform, but all of y'all space yourself out. Don't be crowded so happen. closely. But yeah, like but they, but like, humans are stupid. Like once you see your artists <laughs> performing on stage, illegal, they want like to just swarm. Mm -hmm. Is different, right? So here's the thing. We have to be smarter than just getting on stage and telling a bunch of people that just pre-gamed that was listening to your country yeah. music with their <laughs> best life. Hey, use your good judgment. They were already drunk. They're, they're drunk. Like, they're not going to space out, but with no, their hand, hold like, your oh, hand out. Don't I'm be that close. I'm Corona's in already. F that. I'm going to dance. <laughs> so the thing is, is that you have to be able to, like, you get kicked out. So Alamo Draft House, you go to the movies, they put it on the screen that says, if your neighbor says that you're being too loud and you're speaking, you get a warning. After the warning, you get kicked out. So if they have these, these rules in place that are more put together that say, here's the new norm, concerts are going to be this way. You can come, you can enjoy yourself. You have to stay within your thing. We will have, we have they put it in your, in your budget. We will have security come around and check to make sure you're following these guidelines. That's fine. But don't do it this like ghetto, not ghetto, sorry, the yeah. DIY, like I'm having to change a lot of words. Like that's another topic that I would like to. I would <laughs> oh, no, feel free. We'll put a bookmark um, in it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like put a pin in because um, I, I, for uh, like the last 39 years, I've said be a slave to something. And I had to switch that. Um, as well, but so anyway, you you put somebody on on stage that's just a, a performer. Nobody feels like he's a authority authority figure, so they're gonna yeah. they're gonna push the limits on that. So I think we can we can absolutely do this the right way. Some of the other countries are because that's why I I'll even tie this back to the whole mask is, issue because people want to say like we, we should be up it should be our choice if we want to go and wear this stuff. But but just like the people at the concert that like can't like regulate themselves to like not hey let's as a group as a big crowd not rush the stage and all be clamoring mm. together where we're infecting each other like you sometimes you you need a leader to kind of set rules so no, it's can a, keep you're everyone... fine if you don't do it if yeah you, if, if it hits your pocket you yeah. don't you or it, look there were there were um friend of mine was sharing last week there were countries and and like in belize if they catch you without a mask they'll beat the shit out of you <laughs> and take you to jail and in the Philippines, oh. well, in, in the Philippines, the president was like, if you see someone without a mask, shoot him in the head. Oh, yes, like that. But that, that president yeah. is a fucking lunatic anyway. But the point is, you, you can't you can't expect people to practice good judgment in the first place. I mean, people, there's bar owners that are downtown just protesting, reopen the bars. You're the reason why people that, that we yeah. had a spike in, in cases, not the protests, not the protests. It's just you open your bars. Not, I, have to, I have to disagree with that. Though, really? I, well, it's I not. It's not the right bar. Now. It's not the bar industry that that that. But people like, didn't respect the, it. It's, it's the reopening. The reopening caused the spike. Yeah, but the policies were not enforced. Yeah, yeah but but yeah, but that but just like the but, but just like the bar industries, it's like when they enter your establishment, like your your staff, your you already have your your task that you were supposed to do already. Like I'm supposed to be pouring drinks. I'm supposed to be watching the door. We don't have somebody that's like gonna enforce these rules to, That's to, what I'm to kind of be a part 
Like we don't yeah. have that person. So if you that's, don't have the logistics, then either don't open or, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I love, you know, I have a lot of respect for people who work in the, in the service industry. I'm just, I'm just saying that it, it's, it's the wrong message think, to send right now. Do you think I mean, they were picked on out of everybody? Like out of all the businesses that opened up that you think the bars were picked on specifically, like to take well, the right like You know what? It, Sorry, I have a lot of people that went out to the bars. Like I told you, I read patterns. It's my job. Mm -hmm. I screenshot, I come with receipts. So I'm always like, and if I'm in a board meeting or if I'm trying to argue with a, a cousin, I will bring my receipts like boom, boom, boom. Here's what I can show you. So I had this, uh, this conversation in a, in a podcast that I was a part of a couple days ago. And it was here in San Antonio on the bar reopening and blah, 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 this thing. And I was like, here are the people I found 17 people in my feed that are in the hospital in COVID. I screenshotted that they are in the hospital for COVID right now. Mm -hmm. And they just went in. And I screenshotted that they were the week before taking photos in the bars. That's how many yeah. I found in my feed alone in San Antonio. So I don't know what the numbers of everything are, but I know that yeah. that does, that's a good number. I, I, defi I definitely noticed that. I have 700 friends and 17 of them went to the bars and now have COVID. I mean, and, and I think yeah, it's like probably Rainy Street looks exactly else. the same. Like it, there was no well, rain, again, Rainy Street didn't slow goes, down at all. It goes back yeah. to there's there's some bars who, who who I'm sure enforced it somehow, but there's a few that didn't, and they fuck it up for everybody. Yeah. And now I got shut everything down. So if yeah. you want to be mad, be mad at the at the bars who didn't give a shit. Right. Yeah, because there were some people that were were really good, like Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. They did their their damnedest to kind of do her thing the correct way, like and but they really, got fine anyway. I, yeah, they got and, but and then but yeah, and then now he has to suffer like his business being like it's like he said it was co costing his bar five hundred thousand dollars for this month being like out of work. So now all those bartenders have to go back on unemployment and, and try to receive it, but but they just stopped the six hundred dollar like uh, relief, like because they didn't want to extend it forward because they thought people were being lazy not going back and taking these jobs no people are like everybody i know is hustling they everyone wants to get back to work you, you can't just throw everyone in a bucket and thinking that hey they're lazy if we give them if we keep this relief going they're never going to go back to no people want to go back to work trust me but what are your thoughts on the six hundred dollars that if people because i do know some people uh, to be honest that were like mm -hmm. i'm not going to go back and risk myself for work if i'm making more than i was First, I'd be risking COVID, and second, I get more at home. What do you think about like I, me? I I think no, it I mean, should have. I, I honestly feel like it should have been extended because no, no. I mean, like on a wage level. Like, what do you what do you think mm -hmm. about like on a wage level? You have a lot of the senators that are saying if people had more incentive to stay at home for just six hundred dollars more, it was just six hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Nobody was giving yeah. out four thousand a month, right? Mm -hmm. Just six hundred dollars or more was making a difference in their lives so much that they wanted to stay home rather than get out, do their job, move up. Where are we on the wage and the wage I will, issues that we have? What's your I, 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 I'm not naive. I'll, I'll agree that, yes, some some people were making more on unemployment with that, that relief in there. But but you have to look at the big picture. Like there was, there was 40 million people that had to, like due to COVID, had to go on unemployment. People that are not usually on unemployment. Right. So those people... I'm going to say that they were they were probably making more working than than right. than just being unemployed or because they, they would have That's done that long time ago. The people that the people that kind of were on 
in the in the system like regularly yes they might they might be thinking this is a great i hit the lotto because mm -hmm. i i'm making so much more money being on unemployment but it, it runs out after a certain amount of time for, for those people and they're gonna have to like and this is gonna we're not getting out of this anytime soon so they're gonna have to like motivate themselves to kind of get back into the workforce but i'm talking about like for you can't say that that entire 40 million people that just got on an unemployment are all in that category where they're like, oh, they're, no, I was all, they're that. all, but I, but that's how those senators are thinking. That's how they're, they're thinking that, hey, the majority of the, the people on unemployment are making so much more money than they were in all their other fields. No, these are people that, were, that were not on unemployment that. at all. No, 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 let's let's they're looking at the numbers. So they were looking at the numbers of people that were saying, we are not going to risk, because we don't have health care. We're not going to risk going back to work when we're just get $600 a month is not that much more is what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. if, if you, if you've got a wage issue in this country where people can like literally stay home because they need to save that money until they do are forced to go back into work, it would make sense. So here's what I, here's my point of view on that. You're yeah. saying there's a, there's amount of people that we're making more and, and I, we fit into that with some, some of the people that we work with. So I do believe that. There was an ex a substantial amount of people, though, that knew that the assistance was going to run out, right? So it made sense for them to stay home, collect the, the, more, the more money until it stopped, and then go back to work because they have to save in case the industry stopped and they're not giving any more money back. So that was another mindset yeah. that people were skipping is that I, people were saving money. They were having to save money in case they had to skip a couple weeks or a month and they live paycheck to paycheck. So I've, I've seen though. like I've seen a big chunk of people that now are like even in my when I posted that a uh, that article, I had one friend and it kind of it just made me really sad. Like she she was like that was basically how I was surviving out here in L.A. Like now I have to stop paying rent. It's like it's like because because most of the people like a lot of L.A. or or like people are in the entertainment field or and stuff in. And when the whole government, we're all kind of working together to kind of keep everything kind of shut down until things are safe, mm -hmm. removing that, like that relief from underneath everybody before the whole, every, the whole government and like the whole economy's up and running again, it's, yeah. it's heartless to me. It's, it's just heartless to kind of do the like help, like keep it going until our economy is back to where it needs to be and the, all the jobs are there. But I saw Trump did a whole, economy kind of press conference today and he and he's like oh employment is is, is but the, the numbers that they were reporting were not actually employment numbers it's just job right. openings yeah, right. yeah. you're, you're reporting you're, you're reporting report job that. openings you're not these are not actual fulfilled place like people working it's so yeah, stupid like to me it's just like uh, I don't, I, how did they come up with that number in the first place they they went like by industry like they're the index on each industry and like, hey, how many jobs in this industry are, are available? And then they took all those numbers and posted like, hey, our economy is back. Like, cause we have, we have 5 million new jobs available in the US, but people are not in those jobs. People didn't just like, like in the, in the past month when we're going through all this shit, just like, oh yes, I'm, I'm like, I have, a, I have a new job. Most yeah. of these companies all went under like the first two months of COVID. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like all the jobs that went bankrupt, all the retail places that that went bankrupt and under all the those small restaurants and 
now bars are closed too. So all yeah. the bars in Texas and Dallas, Houston, Austin, like it's just all those people are out of work and I it's just, like it's stupid. Back with earlier, the, the, the news that we're getting is not updated. And that's what frustrates me. I watch what you watch as well. And we have, um, I like my best friend uh, used to watch the Philippines channel. And so I get random news from like the Philippines. And so I started to get really interested in like how to find a way to see news all over, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because I wanted to be more educated, mainly for Facebook arguments back when I was <laughs> But um, I don't do that now. Uh, so, um, but what happened was for me is like, I was thinking about it and it's like, it's not, it's what you said before, it's not updated information. And I'm not gonna get into Trump or anything, but he does have a team that can take numbers and manipulate and switch it around and be like, here's the numbers of this. And it's not actual up-to-date in the moment numbers. It's not the NASDAQ that you're looking at. It's, mm -hmm. it's what was out last week or last month. And it always comes down to the, even like the question of like, you know, when he's like, this is the best that's ever been in history. And it's like, well, a lot of uh, politics is inherited. So you, yeah. you will, you're no, inherited I, look, a lot of things from Obama's and, you know, a lot of things carry over and we as Americans don't know all of those things as well. So we are, we're easily manipulated sometimes. We can yeah, I mean, that. First of all, don't, don't, don't listen to what Trump says. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he'll never take responsibility for what he says or what he does. And, and, and second. And people it, are smart now. People know he, oh, he yeah, wanted to distract. I mean, every time he, he wanted tweets, to distract because of this whole Russia thing. You want to talk oh, about yeah, anything that, that's else. That's what he does best. Everybody I, knows this. I, I, like, it's I, I, just, I, I'll, I'll give it to him. Like, he, he is great at trying. Art of distraction. Distraction and trying to control the narrative. Because no matter what, yeah, he, whatever exactly he tweets, it becomes, it becomes news. Yeah. And then you look at the people like, who comment on his tweets. And it, the first one is always negative and people just go at it. But anyway, uh, we're going to wrap it up because we've been uh, talking for, for a while now. But anyway, I think that if you, if you can, um, people, every time there's, there's, a, there's a national uh, issue, you always hear, oh, yeah, we need to have a national conversation about blah, 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 about guns, about gay marriage, about drugs, about war, about immigration. And it, it doesn't happen. So and especially now that we are apart from each other, it's even harder to have. But uh, and we still have phones. We still have things like Zoom. We still have podcasts. Uh, forget the 24-hour the news cycle. And don't be afraid to have these uncomfortable conversations with people. Which, you know what? You know what I was curious about is if people actually have, like, oh, every Friday we're going to have a Zoom conference call. Uh, anybody can join, and then we'll just talk about shit. You know, short of you know, since we can't be together, uh, like your your mixed uh, couple friends who have people over to talk about these kind of issues. I wonder yeah. if there's instead of meetups, they like to zoom ups or whatever, and then people just get yeah. together and, and talk. I think um, people are like I, I think people. No, I hope are, it like, happens. I really does. Be, I, I really does. I really do. There's some <laughs> industries like I'm in coaching and they do that, but I would, but I would absolutely love more people to do it like in the real the real way. Like when you yeah. just said that, I was like, I hope he has one and invites me. Like I want to talk to people that I don't normally talk to. So the meetups are happening, but they're happening within people through the group. In your network. Meetups. And that's all that, because it's like the butterfly effect. Like, once yeah. you talk to that person, you're going to continue the conversation, talk to the other people that they know. Yeah. Then yep. it's so just like, like it, it's a ripple through everybody else. More talk, like talking to you guys tonight was like so refreshing for me. I mean, I was excited about it today because I'm normally in a different 
you know, realm of yeah, podcasting yeah. or I was really looking forward to it. Cause like I, I've listened to Kim and I've been, I've been in the reverse where yeah. I'm in her comments talking with all of the people that are listening to her, her uh, conversations. So I was like, we need to, and we need to have her in our network too to kind of put yeah, some and, input here. By the way, else. if you, if you want to join a podcast on the next conversation, just shoot me a, a message. Uh, I mean, she went from commenter to headliner. I was, <laughs> in <a> week. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was uh, like, I asked to talk for once. Oh yeah. I mean, this, this is, this is where it's at. Uh, that's what I mean by the, the news 24 hour news cycle is going to die soon. People won't turn to the more long form of conversation because there's no issue you can talk about in 30 seconds. Here, here's the guy from the left. Here's the guy from the right. He's going to go out there for a minute and then we're going to break for commercial. No, that format yeah. is dead. Uh, there's platforms now where you can have these, these talks and try to get your understanding. Forget, forget Twitter, forget, uh, and there's, no way we could have, and there's no way we could have had this conversation just like in one thread, like exactly. writing all of all our all, all of our thoughts in just like a couple 180 characters. Like it's not there's a there's a lot of detail no. and, and nuance and stuff. So, thank you so much, everybody in the chat, everybody who joined in the conversation, people in the comments. Kim, where can people find you? you got anything to plug or? Um, you can find me uh, on Instagram. I mean, you can find me here. Obviously, it's under Kimberly K. Scott. Um, or you can find me on my website, Not A Basic Life. I do coaching and speaking, but across all platforms, it's not a, not a basic life, which is ironic. But um, mm-hmm. if you want to just follow my personal stuff, it's Dear Kimberly K. So depending on if you want to look at professional stuff, Not A Basic Life, if it's just Kim's personal stuff, Dear Kimberly K. So. Sweet. Oh, cool. Thank you. All right. So like every week we're here uh, Thursdays. Uh, I've been posting the previous shows. If you didn't, if you don't catch it live, uh, you can go back and listen to, uh, to the previous shows. We've had some really good conversations. Shout out to Alex, shout out to Adam and yeah. shout out to Lane. Thank you. Who was on last every, time. Yeah. Thank every, you everyone for coming and Yeah. Just, I would really, uh, I like, honestly, I, for a future podcast, I really would really, I don't know if the people, anyone in the comments fits this, but I would really like to have, a conservative join this conversation for one of these weeks just to see their I have thoughts. someone I can send you that's really great. <laughs> I would really love would love to have them on. Just yeah, let, hey, like even two of them, like just so they don't feel like yeah. they're alone. Like, but I would love to talk to anyone that's a Republican or a conservative, how they kind of view I'm gonna all send these you issues. She's a literal rocket scientist, and she's very respectful. And uh, okay. but she's. She's great. Um, she's on like we we do not match politically, but we are very close friends. Uh, but good. she's way smarter than okay. me. I mean, literal rocket scientist, right? So yeah, I think she and she okay. knows her stuff. So I think she'd be able to hold her own with you guys. All right, good All right. deal. Uh, make nice. sure you spread spread the word. We do this every Thursday, nine o'clock Central Time. Uh, tell your Thursday. friends, tell your neighbors, send your Zoom folks, and your Facebook folks, and all that good stuff. Follow the feedback. Early voting. <laughs> you could go and vote. Oh, that's right. Early voting is up. Yes. All right, follow the feedback, BAK, on social medias, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Ciao, ciao. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Obi.